Welcome to the Valley Avon Podcast, a weekly podcast provided by Valley Community Baptist Church, located in Avon, Connecticut. Do you ever ask yourself, why can't we just stay right where we are? Even a kindergartner can understand that sometimes we just want to stay where we are. A friend of mine has a son who is beginning school this year, and at the same time, he's also learning how to pray. And recently, he prayed a very honest prayer. He prayed a prayer that went something like this. Dear God, I want to stay this age so I don't have to go to school and so I can play. Now, that prayer makes total and complete sense, doesn't it? Because sometimes we don't want to change. Sometimes we just get to a place where where we want to be comfortable and we don't want to be challenged any longer. Sometimes we reach moments in life that we would like to freeze and save for the rest of our lives. And yet, we recognize that following Jesus... There is always a sense of change. When Jesus called his disciples in the Gospels, you repeatedly hear him using the phrase, follow me, meaning that Jesus is taking us, his disciples, from where we are to where he wants us to be, from who we are to who he wants us to be, meaning that as followers of Jesus, we are always growing, always learning, always changing. There is always a next step in what we do and in who we are. Now, in the Old Testament, Abraham teaches us what it is like to be on a journey through a life of walking with God. God called Abraham to go from one place to another repeatedly. Most of the time, Abraham obeyed. And that means that Abraham has been in front of us, showing us what it is to walk. He has been blazing a trail for us, if you will, which is why in this series we're referring to Abraham as a trailblazer. He shows us how to walk for a lifetime with God. Now, we meet Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, and in verse 1, you're going to hear about him, but as you do... The text refers to him as Abram. That's the name he was born with. God later changed his name to Abraham. Why and how that happened is something we'll talk about another week. But you're going to hear me referring to him as Abraham because that's the name we all know him by. But let's look at Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, and meet Abraham. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Now, what is it that Abraham is going to teach us about walking with God and following God for a lifetime? Well, we begin by seeing that God told Abraham to leave his family and his homeland behind. Now, 
it may surprise you to recognize that Abraham came from a prosperous city, and he lived at a peaceful time in history. Abraham grew up and lived during the turn from the third to the second millennium BC, and he grew up at a time and lived at a time that was the height of the ancient Sumerian civilization at the heart of the Fertile Crescent. Abraham grew up in the city of Ur, one of the four main cities of ancient Sumeria. And Ur was a city at the time of 250,000 people. Ur was a commercial powerhouse with multiple guilds of people producing goods. And Ur engaged in trade with people around the world. It was sitting right on the mighty Euphrates River. And trading vessels came from as far away as India. Ur was a prosperous city, but it was sitting at the heart of the Fertile Crescent, which stretched from Samaria on this end to Egypt on the other, and it was a time of open borders and of intense international commerce. Agriculture was thriving because people had learned how to use irrigation. Writing had been developed for trade and was producing literature. And it was a time of relative peace. So Abraham grew up in a prosperous city at a peaceful time. At the same time, the city of Ur was a pagan city. The people of the city of Ur worshipped over 300 gods, and they worshipped them using magic and, and superstition and even engaged in prostitution. The skyline of the city of Ur was dominated by a ziggurat, a, a temple, a multi-tiered temple. And here you see probably the first level, the foundation of the ziggurat of Ur. And several layers up was the key temple, the temple of the moon god. And the temple of the moon god in Ur, in the heart of Samaria, was a place of learning, a place of teaching, a place of disseminating their culture. And that means that Abraham and his family were likely pagans who served the moon god of Ur. We know this because in the ancient world, people would use the names of their gods to be a part of their own name. For instance, if you study the Old Testament, you'll see the people of the Old Testament having names that have fragments of words for God like Yahweh and Elohim. And Abraham and the members of his family had names that contained fragments of names for the moon god of Ur. So Abraham and his family was caught in this type of pagan culture. And God called Abraham's father, Terah, to leave all of that behind. The Bible doesn't tell us how, but it says that God made it clear to Terah, Abraham's father, that he needed to leave Ur and go to the land of Canaan. And so the Bible says that Terah actually set out from the city of Ur, and he took the entire family as far as the city of Haran. But when he got to Haran, Haran, like Ur, was a prosperous city, connected to the world through trade routes. Haran felt 
comfortable and familiar. And Haran was a place that also had the patron god, the moon god that they had known from Ur. And so Terah got comfortable. Terah settled down, and the family stayed in Haran and built themselves up financially and commercially. Then God spoke again, and this time he spoke to Abraham, and he said, Abraham, I want you to leave that all behind. Your family has settled down. Your family has gotten comfortable. There are still things I want you to do. There are still ways I want you to be free. Abraham, I want you to go. And when God wanted Abraham to go, he was telling him, I want you to leave behind your homeland. I want you to leave behind your family. I want you to leave behind your father's household and everything that goes with it, and I want you to go to a place that I will show you. And so as we begin looking at the patriarch Abraham, we already come away with a lesson, and that lesson is that walking with God begins with leaving behind our sin and brokenness. Walking with God begins with leaving behind our sin and brokenness. Now, please understand, God had called Abraham's family to leave behind their sin and brokenness. God called Terah to leave it behind, but Terah was not able to leave it all behind. Then God said to Abraham, I want you to leave it all behind. Now, as we think about leaving the sin and brokenness of our past behind, please recognize that that we don't always come from places and from families that are abusive and broken. In fact, frequently we come from places and families that look good, that seem comfortable and appropriate. But the Bible teaches us definitively that since sin entered the world and since the fall of humanity, sin and brokenness touch every aspect of our lives, even our families, even the places we come from. And so when we begin walking with God, we have to leave the sin and the brokenness of our past behind. But the news for Abraham wasn't all bad. The Bible goes on to tell us that God blessed Abraham so that he would be a blessing. God blessed Abraham so that he would be a blessing. And we read about it in verses 2 and 3 where we read, and this is the voice of God again. God says, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so God is saying here that he's going to bless Abraham specifically by making him into a great nation, meaning that Abraham's descendants would not just be a family or even a people group. They would be a nation, a great nation. And by that, God means you will inherit a land, and that land will have a government. But 
God is telling Abraham that he's going to bless him and make him a great nation. And in doing so, God is going to bless all the other nations of earth as well. Now, something important to recognize is that at that point in history, already it was true that all nations and all people were in open rebellion against God. And so God reached into history in the life of Abraham and claimed him and said, I choose you and your descendants, and I will bless you and make you into a great nation. Now, what does that mean? It means that indeed God is choosing Abraham and his descendants, who would be the nation Israel, and he is going to bless them. But that doesn't mean that God has cut off all the other nations of the earth permanently. Because God tells Abraham, I am blessing you and the nation that comes from you in order to bless all those other nations on earth as well. Meaning that from Abraham's descendants, from the nation of Israel, would come Jesus. And Jesus, Messiah, would die in the place of sinners to pay the price for their sins so that we all might be forgiven. And the Bible tells us that all nations will hear the good news that Jesus has died so that we might live. And so it's true, through Abraham's descendants, all the nations on earth will be blessed. But in Abraham's life specifically, God is setting up an entirely new pattern that the world is going to operate upon. Now, I told you that that Ur and the ancient Sumerian civilization and the Fertile Crescent at the turn of the second millennium BC was a peaceful and prosperous place. At the same time, it's important to understand that their culture was a transactional culture still. And that means that there was a thought at the center of this culture. And that thought is, I am blessed to enjoy being blessed. And right behind it would be another thought that is, if you bless me, I will bless you. And that's the thought at the center of that culture and at the center of many cultures in the kingdoms of this world. God introduced a different thought that he wanted Abraham to live by. He wanted Abraham to live by the thought, I am blessed to be a blessing. It's a total reversal of the culture that he had been growing up in and he had learned. And in many ways, it's like a great commission right there in the pages of the Old Testament because God is doing something entirely new here. He's saying, I am going to bless you And I am going to bless you with things including Jesus. And as I bless you with things including Jesus, you are to hand those blessings on to others. God has blessed us with life so that we might give life. God blesses us with resources in order that we might help build the kingdom of God. God blesses us with Jesus in order that we might share Jesus with others. God is taking the culture that the kingdoms of the world have taught, and he is reversing it and replacing it with a kingdom of God culture that says, I am blessed in order to be a blessing. But that brings us to a second thing that we're learning from the patriarch Abraham already, and that is that walking with God reverses our values. 
And those values were grounded in the kingdoms of this world. Abraham was a part of a culture that said, I am blessed in order to enjoy my blessings. That's the culture of the kingdoms of this world. And God reversed that and said, no, you are blessed in order to be a blessing. And what we learn is that we are all shaped by the culture of the kingdoms of this world. Now, some of you may say, no, I've, I've been following Jesus for a long time. I have a thoroughly Jesus kingdom of God culture. Beg to differ. We were all grown in the soil of the kingdoms of this world, and we are inundated constantly with the values, the behaviors, and the culture of the kingdoms of this world. And as we walk with God, he confronts us with a new culture. He reverses the culture of the kingdoms of this world and gives us instead the culture and the values of the kingdom of God. But interestingly, God was still not done with Abraham, not even in Genesis chapter 12, because God led Abraham next into the hills. God led Abraham into the hills. In fact, the journey continues in verses 4 and 5, where we continue. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Apparently, none of us is too old for a new adventure. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. Now, what we're seeing here is that Abraham gathered together his family and the family of his nephew Lot, and, and it was a significant family. When we read later in the book of Genesis, we get hints that Probably this family and the extended people that were attached to it numbered in the hundreds in this household. And they came from the prosperous city of Haran, an urban center where they were comfortable. And they journeyed along those trade routes that had been well established, routes that were taken by caravans of merchants and by armies. Along the way, they stopped at Waypoints that were designed to be places where they could resupply and rest. And then they finally came to the land of Canaan. And when they got to the land of Canaan, as we pick up again in verse 5, we're going to see that God calls Abraham to stake a striking claim. As we continue... When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham, Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. So, Abraham and his family arrived in Canaan, and they went to the city of Shechem, likely a center of Canaanite culture. And Shechem was known for the Oak of Moray, and the word Moray in ancient languages tends to mean teaching, which indicates that this famous oak tree 
was likely a place where discussions happened, where, where, where culture was discussed and taught. It was also very likely a place that, as a result, the Canaanites who owned the land had set up shrines to their gods. And the message behind those shrines would have been very clear. These are our gods, and they own the land. And it was there that God appeared to Abraham and said, I am going to give you this land. It looks like it belongs to them. It looks like it belongs to their gods, but it belongs to me, and I give it to you. And Abraham did a striking thing. It was there that Abraham set up an altar to the Lord, probably right alongside the shrines to the other Canaanite gods. And the claim that Abraham was making was clear. This ground belongs to the Lord and not to these other gods. You see, by this point, God had completely changed Abraham's heart. He grew up in a family and came from a culture that was pagan and dedicated to the worship of the moon god of Ur. And here we find Abraham, a man who is belonging to God and following God and believing the promises of God and the Lord God alone. In the next verses that we read, we'll see that from this point forward, Abraham called on the name of the Lord God, and he never looks back. Still, God led him on into unfamiliar territories. We continue in verses 8 and 9. From there he, that is Abram, moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. So Abram grew up a city boy in the comfortable, prosperous city of Ur, and, and he spent his young adulthood in Haran, a comfortable city where his family prospered, such that there were dozens, if not hundreds, of servants and employees in his household. He was a city boy, and God led him toward the hills. You see, the valleys of Canaan were owned and occupied by the Canaanites. And God said, go up to the hills. They're not yet owned and occupied. And Abraham went up into the hills. The city boy went out into the country. The guy who grew up with servants everywhere finally decided it was time to start camping. And he put up a tent, and he dwelt in tents for the rest of his life, not because he was a nomad, but because he was available for where God would lead him next. And we come away from that with one more principle, which is that walking with God involves going where he thinks is best for us and for the kingdom of God. You see, Abraham went to the uncomfortable places for him and for his family and kept going to those unfamiliar places. And, and we would love for God to put us in comfortable and familiar places. But that's not what God does. God puts us in the places that are best for us and best for the kingdom of God. And that means that we spend our lives walking with God where he leads, leads. 
And so that leaves us with a question as we think about starting to walk. And, and that question is, what then is the sin and the brokenness that I have to leave behind in order to start walking? Because you see, as we look at the life of Abraham, the call to start walking is just right there. It's just obvious. God called Terah, and then he called Abraham to start walking. And Abraham started walking with God and going where God led him. And the call to us is obvious. We must start walking and going where God is leading us. But when we start walking, we're always leaving something behind. And as we start walking with God, what we're always leaving behind is sin and brokenness. Now, sometimes the sin and the brokenness that we're leaving behind is obvious. Sometimes we look behind us and what we see are behaviors that are obviously destructive to ourselves and to the people around us. And we know immediately, well, that's what I must leave behind. Sometimes the sin and the brokenness that we have to leave behind is obvious. But frequently, the sin and the brokenness that we have to leave behind is hiding in the fabric of who we are. You see, we're all a little bit like paper towels. You guys watch paper towel commercials, right? There's one that claims to be the quicker picker-upper. And a paper towel, if you believe the commercials, goes across a table to chase liquid down so that you can clean it up, and, and it has fibers, and the fibers grab a hold of a liquid, and they hold on to that liquid so that you can clean it up. And, and we are somewhat like paper towels in that there are fibers in our lives, and we soak things up into the fiber of our lives, and when we soak those things up into the fiber of our lives, they become part of who we are, and they hide in the depths of our being, and frequently sinful behaviors and values are soaked up and hiding in the fiber of our being. So we have to ask the question. The question is, where is our sin and brokenness hiding? And as we look at the life of Abraham, even just right here in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 9, we find three places that sin and brokenness can be hiding in our lives. And the first place is the behaviors and expectations we learned in our families. You see, Abraham grew up in a good family, a prosperous family that also had twisted culture and values. And Terah, his father, tried to break the generational pattern of those sinful behaviors and attitudes, but he couldn't. And as we look at our own families, sometimes we look at families and we, we see families that, that are good places that tried to raise us for godliness and sometimes when we look back at our families, we, we find places that were obviously and deeply broken and sinful places. But both kinds of families leave us with the question, where are behaviors and expectations coming to us from our families that are sinful and broken? And how can we leave those behaviors and expectations behind? It's not just in our families, though. Sometimes it's values that we absorb from our culture. Abraham's culture said very clearly, I am blessed in order to enjoy my blessings. 
And we have sinful values that we have absorbed and have put in the fiber of our being like liquid locked in a paper towel. And we have to ask about the values that come to us from our culture, about what success looks like, what happiness looks like, and how it's success that leads to happiness. There are values in our culture that we have to ask questions about, and some of the values of our culture are just the values of the kingdoms of this world. We have to ask where is sin and brokenness hiding in what I have absorbed from the culture around me? But the third thing that we see in Abraham's journey is that sometimes sin and brokenness is hiding in the fears that we allow to paralyze us. God called Terah to go to the land of Canaan, and Terah, Abraham's father, wanted to go, and he got halfway and he stopped. And you can bet that part of the reason he stopped was Fear, fear of losing his privileges, fear of the unknown, fear of ending up in tents in the mountains instead of in a palace in the city. Fear can paralyze us. And sometimes fear paralyzes us when we know what it is that God wants from us. We know that that God wants us to follow Jesus. We know that, that God wants us to get involved in a group. We know that God wants us to give. We know that God wants us to share Jesus with others. We know that God wants us to be on mission. We know these things, but we're afraid, and our fear stops us. And when fear stops us from doing what we know that it is God wants us to do, that fear has become sin and brokenness. So where is fear, a sin and a brokenness that you need to leave behind? In Pilgrim's Progress, it, the story begins with someone wanting to leave behind sin and brokenness in order to walk with God. Pilgrim's Progress was written in the 1600s by John Bunyan. It's an extended allegory of what the Christian life is like. And it features a main character, suddenly named Christian, who at the beginning of Pilgrim's Progress reads the Bible. And in reading the Bible, he recognizes immediately and definitively that the place where he lives is a place of sin and brokenness, that it's under the judgment of God and that there is no future there. And Christian wants to leave that place. It's called the city of destruction. He wants to leave and go to the place God wants him to go to, but he doesn't know where that is or how to get there. But he becomes like a caged animal wanting to run out of the city of destruction. And then someone tells him where he needs to be going and how he can begin his journey. And he immediately starts walking. Because walking the journey that God wants us to walk is something we all have to do. And leaving behind sin and brokenness is something we all must do. So start walking with Jesus today. Sin and brokenness is behind us all. And if you've never 
begun to walk with Jesus, then that sin and brokenness has a hold on you. But the Bible tells us that Jesus died to pay the price for our sin and brokenness. But not only that, the Bible tells us that Jesus rose from the dead three days later victorious over sin and brokenness and death and evil and everything that belongs to it. And that means now you and I can be forgiven. But in addition to being forgiven, we can be free. We can begin to walk away from the sin and the brokenness behind us when we embrace faith in Jesus Christ. So start walking with Jesus. And start walking forward again. Abraham's family stopped walking for a while and got comfortable. And like Abraham's family, sometimes we start walking and then we get comfortable, we get afraid, and we slow down and we stop walking. The voice of God comes to us today and says it's time to get moving again because God wants us to walk with him all the way through our lives. Start walking with Jesus. Start walking forward again. That's the trail that Abraham has blazed for us. And that's the path that God calls us to walk. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Valley Avon podcast. If you would like to hear more, you can subscribe for free on any platform you use. If you would like to visit us in person or would like to submit a prayer request, you can visit us on the web at avon.valleycommunity.cc. From all of us here at Valley Community Baptist Church, thank you for coming and have a blessed week.